0: Hello, wonderful person. So I was just listening to Wayne Dyer read Victor Frankl quoting Dostoyevsky. By the way, I don't know if I can ever say that Russian author's name, I think he's Russian, but what a fun word, Dostoyevsky. But I was listening to Wayne reading Victor co- quoting uh, that wonderful uh, author. And the quote was, I'm gonna read it to you. I'm gonna use my, my telephono that I took pictures of. Most of the photos on my phone are pictures of words because I love words. So this is what Dostoevsky said. Well, if I'm saying his name right. I dread one thing. I dread not to be worthy of my sufferings. Isn't that amazing? To dread not being worthy of your suffering and whatever that might mean. And then this is Viktor Frankl who wrote Man's Search for Meaning. He was in a concentration camp in both Auschwitz and Dachau and his book Man's Search for Meaning is something that I give out regularly and I highly recommend and I often think that if Viktor Frankl could experience the eternal bliss of his immortal soul while in the most heinous conditions that I could imagine then certainly I can do it like in my apartment or wherever I might be. So this is what Viktor Frankl said. I'm going to put in my glasses. One of my friends like to call me Cindy Lou Magoo, Mrs. Magoo. If you ever watched the cartoon, Mr. Magoo, he couldn't see very well. And he had big glasses. <clears throat> so quoting me Koy- I wish I would practice that name before this live stream. I dread not to be worthy of my sufferings. These words frequently came to mind after I had been acquainted with those martyrs whose behavior in concentration camps whose suffering and death were witness to the fact that the last inner freedom cannot be lost. It can be said that they were worthy of their sufferings. The way they bore their suffering was a genuine inner achievement. It is this spiritual freedom which cannot be taken away that makes life meaningful and purposeful. Do not think that these considerations are unworldly or too far removed from real life it is true that only a few people are capable of reaching such high moral standards. Of the prisoners, only a few kept their inner full liberty and obtained those values which their suffering afforded. But even one such is sufficient proof that man's inner strength may raise him above his outward fate. Such men are not only in concentration camps, everywhere man is confronted with faith with the chance of achieving something through his own suffering. Like the story of a young woman whose death I witnessed in a concentration camp. It is a simple story. There is little to tell, and it may sound as if I'd invented it, but to me, it seems like a poem. This young woman I knew, this young woman knew that she would die in the next few days. But when I talked to her, she was cheerful in spite of this knowledge. Quote, I am grateful that fate has hit me so hard, she told me. In my former life, I was spoiled and did not take any spiritual accomplishments seriously. Pointing through the window of the hut, she said, this tree here is the only friend I have in my loneliness. Through that window, she could see just one branch of a chestnut tree and on the branch were two blossoms. I often talked to this tree, she said to me. I was startled and didn't know quite how to take her words. Was she delirious? Did she have occasional hallucinations? Anxiously, I asked her if the tree replied. Yes. What did it say to her? And she answered, it said to me, I am here. I am here. I am life, eternal life. I like to say that there's no brownie points in heaven for unnecessary suffering, but there is a labor of love that we can attend to our sufferings with, whether they be physical, emotional, relationship, environmental, governmental, whatever it might be. But there is a way that we can direct the suffering to liberate ourselves and to dissolve unnecessary suffering. My mission here on the planet went many of them, but one of the conscious ones I had for decades was, is, was, and is to dissolve unnecessary suffering. I mean, because there's no brownie points in heaven for that. I mean, I don't think you get brownie points for anything. I don't think it works like that. And if for those of you who aren't familiar, brownies are like the junior Girl Scouts and you would get points for things when you were, I was a brownie and a Girl Scout for a while. I am... did not enjoy it. That was just my experience. Um, I want to read something else. So we have we have two sources on suffering, Dostoevsky, <laughs> and then Viktor Frankl, well, three, then Cindy Liu. There's no brownie points in heaven for unnecessary suffering. And now I want to read a quote about suffering from Meher Baba, the avatar of the age. And this is um, a writing entitled, Have Hope, Suffering generates understanding. Great suffering awakens great understanding. Supreme suffering fulfills its purpose and yields its true significance when it awakens an exhausted humanity and stirs within it a genuine longing for real understanding. Unprecedented suffering leads to unprecedented spiritual growth. It contributes to the construction of life on the unshakable foundation of the truth. It is now high time that universal suffering should hasten humanity to the turning point in its spiritual history. It is now high time for the very agonies of our times. It is now high time that the very agonies of our times should become a medium for bringing a real understanding to human relationships. It is now high time for humanity to face squarely the true causes of the catastrophe that has overtaken it. It is now high time to seek a new experience of reality, to know that life is real and eternal and to it is to inherit unfading bliss. It is time that man, that human, had this realization by being unified with his, her, their, its own self. Oh, isn't that wonderful? It's just high time that the agonies, the unnecessary agonies awaken the true spiritual knowledge, power and bliss. And it's happening by the way, it's happening for me. It's happening for my colleagues. It's happening for my playmates across this planet and through Prosper Plus and the Galactic Council of Women, All Genders Welcome, and countless other groups that have been training their whole lives. I mean, I know that I have come to this earth for this moment in time. I said to my Creative Force team via email this morning that I feel like I'm birthing the most immense baby. I felt like I was hurled out of bed this morning from life surges and that I needed to go walk outside immediately and integrate that energy and that was flowing through me so strongly and help mother earth support me in it. There are so many of us, and I believe you too, that have been longing to be a positive constructive force during these times, which is called the Kali Yuga era, the age of destruction. The age where we dissolve and destroy that which no longer serves, or that suppresses, or strangulates, or excludes, and build a new golden age, a true new humanity, a new life based on the principles. You know, spirituality, in my definition, this is how I define spirituality. Spirituality is that which brings you joy and the sense that all is well and that you're connected to everyone and everything. It's a feeling. I mean, it can be part of a belief construct, but it's more a feeling. I remember when I first realized what spirituality was from that definition that I I love living in, I was driving to what was called Freshfields Market on a Sunday morning. I was raised Catholic and like, you know, the good Christian soldier that I was, I would bring my kids to church and we would go to church. And church, which was a place that I did find connection to something greater within me became i mean just not enjoyable it was either the kids were so great that i was just paying attention to how adorable they were or they were so horrible that i was trying to control them and it didn't feel spiritual to me it didn't feel didn't feel in alignment so i remember this one sunday i didn't move the mountain to get the family to church which was generally what i was doing was scheduling when we would go to mass and i decided to go to this organic market whole foods then took it over but it was this tiny little Fresh Fields market. And I remember driving out there and having this experience, I'd say of existential bliss of like, oh, oh, whatever, however I know God, God is everywhere. And in this moment, and that I wasn't, I mean, no offense to the Catholics who believe this. I mean, absolutely keep your own belief system, but I wasn't committing some venial or cardinal or mortal sin, I was seeking out how to be connected to that which I've come here to do is to dissolve unnecessary suffering and to experience the bliss of being connected to my soul while in a body, which is also orgasmic pleasure too, by the way. (laughs) As I like to say, more gasms, less isms for everybody. And so when I was listening to this Wayne Dyer talking and quoting Viktor Frankl. And I'm trying not to say the author's name because I don't want to mispronounce it for like an 85th time. Um, 85th is an exaggeration. I like to say I'm prone to exaggeration and hyperbole and I'm okay with it. Um, Dostoevsky and Meher Baba and myself and my experience and looking around what's going on in the world and what's going on in a world way that we can see more than we've ever been able to see before. And knowing this is a time where there's gonna be an influx of dissenting opinions about what needs to happen for there to be health, happiness, harmony, and prosperity plus. I love this quote, this comes from a man named Edwin Dingle who brought a lineage, um, the Institute of Mental Physics lineage to America, to the world in the last century. He said that a defect of memory is the origin of opinion. A defect of memory is the origin of opinion. And what that means is forgetting that we're infinite and that we're having a temporary human experience designed to help us experience love and relationship and awaken to our true self in this great game of forget and remember. That forgetting that is the origin of the opinion of the other of being separate of having something that would be adverse to someone else so this knowing that suffering can bring us to finally let go of the suffering you know i want i want to read that part in the quote from baba again about i mean i like the word unprecedented i feel we're all unprecedented i certainly feel unprecedented Face ID not recognizing me with Mr. Magoo's spectacles. Mrs. Magoo, Ms. Magoo. Well, does it have to have any gender or relationship to marriage for God's sakes? Do we need any of that? Well, technically I'm Juris Doctor. We can call me Dr. James. Unprecedented suffering leads to unprecedented spiritual growth, joy, connection, all as well. It contributes to the construction of life on the unshakable foundation of the truth, capital T truth. It is now high time that universal suffering should hasten humanity to the turning point in its spiritual history. It is now high time for the very agonies of our times to become a medium for bringing a real understanding to human relationships. I'm gonna read it all because it's so crazy freaking great. It is now high time for humanity to. face squarely the true causes of the catastrophe that has overtaken it. It is now high time to seek a new experience of reality, to know that life is real and eternal, and it is to inherit unfading bliss. It is time that man had this realization by being unified with his own self. I think that's spectacular. And Here's another, here's another quote from Cindy Lou. I am, I mean, as sure as I can get in my human form, that whatever the greater God is, there's no external or internal genitalia that there's not a his or a her in the latent all that is that said, and let there be light. And then there was light and then there was darkness. However, I don't, I don't get offended by the the use of the male when it comes to that kind of statement coming from the, um, that incredible source of, of universal truth, or even some others. What I am aware to watch for, spider sense tingling, is the is the use of a gender pronoun, limiting the ability of every human being and every life force to be able to experience its soul right, its birthright, to be able to freely experience themselves as. An internal being having a temporary form, and that I think does ex- exactly the opposite. Exactly the opposite. And the active principle, also known as the mas- masculine principle, is an activating one. It's a push, and it acts in its purest form with unconditional love. And the feminine force, but to take it out of take it out of body terms, the receptive force receives and gestates and nourishes and creates life at a level that our minds can't possibly comprehend, both tender and fierce. And we need both energies in the creative process. And a lot of the suffering, if not, I dare say, possibly all the suffering on our planet comes from not understanding the play, the harmonic play of these forces of the divine that have manifested in creation from the original all that is and how when they merge together in wholeness, then we have that exact same creative power that said, and let there be light and there was light. And if suffering awakens unprecedented growth in this, it is also said that you know 99% of suffering is unnecessary that it, it is just such an amazing moment to be with you in the eternal now, this place where the solution to all problems lie, where love is born in truth and it liberates without binding and it fulfills without overpowering. And it brings a new life for all of us, all of us, because we are connected. And to the extent that we minimize or marginalize or cut off anyone else, is, is is it makes it impossible for us to experience the freedom the aliveness the creativeness the serenity the prosperity plus that it is time for us to awaken to to awake now to out of our sleep out of our nightmarish reverie of feeling that we're separate and the 1% that's necessary is when we dissolve that ego self, that self that says, my way, the should, this is the way it's been done, it's the way I want it. But it comes from the more limited defended place. When we let go of that identity, when we let go, when I let go of Cindy as as a construct that I have to preserve in a certain way, that has to have other people act in a certain way with me and all that kind of stuff all the shoulds, which I could prove they should, by the way, to, to the to the human mind. But when I act in that way, I am losing access to the infinite creative power of my soul. And to give that up, I believe it's what's meant by biblically, lo though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. And that shadow of the, the valley of the shadow of death is that place when we let go and we surrender to something greater within us and around us, which is the feminine principle. The feminine principle coming into its wholeness to help us create and the masculine principle, being able to act and create a protective container for this energy to bring us into the supernova golden age that we are meant to be moving into. And we are, and I certainly am, and the people that I'm playing with on the planet are. And I so heartily invite you to lend your immense presence. You matter so much. I like to say, and I've been saying this for decades, your personal happiness matters and it serves the world. And when we join together, at this crossroads of the soul that humanity's on, when we link energetic arms and spiritual hearts and really inspired minds and vibrant, pleasure-filled bodies, when we link together as we're doing, we're creating a healing for the disease of separateness that's causing so much of that agony right now. It's not just dealing with the symptoms of the disease, it's healing it from its origin. And when our ego goes through that, the ego being defined as the affirmation of separateness, which we need, otherwise we drive off cliffs and we wouldn't feed ourselves. We need a healthy provisional ego that surrenders to the master, to to love, to the infinite within us. And when we surrender that 99% of unnecessary suffering and we surrender the shoulds and all of that kind of I say curse, the only, should is the only curse word. That when we do that, then we don't fear physical death anymore. We don't act ignorant of the temporary yet blessed filled gift of our lifetime and other people's lifetimes. And we then can collaborate in the human form with the energy of the divine creative force. And I want to tell you that is so much crazy, great fun. It is joyful. It is joyful to even go through grief because it's part of the experience. It's joyful to go through physical suffering like that, that, that beautiful woman in the story from Viktor Frankl at the end of her days in a concentration camp, knowing that the tree and she were communicating saying, I am here. I am here. I am eternal life. I'm eternal love that can be present in any moment. And I know on this planet in the fleeting now that there are many human beings and all life forms that are experiencing excruciating suffering. And I know that the suffering that I go through that's excruciating sometimes, that I can offer my suffering and my allegiance to the greater awakening to dissolve the unnecessary suffering for the upliftment of everyone and everything. And I know that those people who are suffering right now, I'm connected to them at a soul level because we really are one, playing hide and seek and forget and remember and separate before we remember we're one, that I can just radiate the message of love divine, of the eternal nature of the soul so that no matter what condition someone's in, whether it be in the heinous torture of a war or, I mean, just the things that we know that go on here on the planet. And I will say, especially the things that go on to those of us that identify as women or those that are now breaking out of those limited constructs and releasing gender identifications or shifting in accordance with what they want to experience themselves on the planet to be. That those forces of the feminine plus, as they come into their full power, there will be no diminishment of the masculine. There, There is no way to diminish an infinite force. It will actually restore the highly wounded energy that has run so amok. And by the way, we all have masculine and feminine and I guess non-gender and plus gender and multi-gender, whatever it is. We all have the faces and the energies of the divine within us. I love the word divine and divination, like the divining rod. I mean, I did that as a kid. I would get that little piece of stick and go try to find water. And I did find water sometimes, which was pretty good. And I find right now that I have been in a lifetime of seeking the divining rod to find the waters of eternal life, like Ponce de Leon in in Florida seeking the, the fountain of, of, of youth. The fountain of youth really is something that is real and tangible. And it comes from this understanding the the true purpose of suffering is to finally let us have enough of the attachment to being separate and to allow us to enjoy the seeming separateness to play together a new way of being into existence. So I hope in this very moment that you can see your life and your suffering past, maybe present and future. I'm sure I've got some suffering coming along the way because, I mean, I don't think I'm fully enlightened. I think I'm spectacular and magnificent, but I know I'm still growing. And I like that well, I'm going to digress like I normally do. There was a man named Arich who lived in India and he served Mayor Baba. And it was said that, you know, he was a very enlightened soul and certainly reading his books and hearing him talk. I feel that now, even though he skedaddled a number of years ago, as a matter of fact, he skedaddled right before September 11th, um, 2001. There was a a new person that came to the retreat center, the ashram in India, who was new to the awakening of of God within. And he said something, Erich said something like this to this person. Oh, I am so, I'll use my words. I don't know what he said exactly, but jealous of you. You are just beginning to drink the nectar of of this whole creation existence and I'm about to have my last sip. And so that whole journey from forgetting we're infinite to remembering is not a curse. It's not, It's not. there's not an absent or cruel divine that is, I used to think God was like this pit bull master and just put us in, no, no, no. It is a beautifully designed game I like to say creation is the greatest computer game ever written and whatever the creator is is the computer programmer and when we realize that we are one with that computer programmer then the game changes so as we offer our suffering for the alleviation of all the unnecessary suffering in the world knowing that there's no brownie points in this world or in the other despite what you think for unnecessary suffering and allow the agonies of this world for us to all collectively and individually say enough of the crazy insanity that causes children to starve or to be abused or to adults to do the things they do to one another in the name of something greater even, and continue to be bringers of light and bringers of the inspired new way of living as the old does what the old does, dissolves, decays. And goes bye-bye. Oh, thank you for being with me. It means so much, not just to me, but since I'm you, to you, and to everyone and everything. Love, power, and blessings, dear wonderful person. Mwah.